So Karen, did you get those latest figures from accounting and legal and then reroute everything in triplicate to make sure that it was sent down in time for signature? Um, that's not in my job description. Really? Uh, wait, let me, let me pull it up now. Yeah, no, it, it says other duties as assigned. So yeah, can you get that done? Please. <laughs> Doesn't really sound like the nicest of conversations, right? No. Well, no, exactly. Especially not for me, since you're the one asking me to do it. <laughs> but if it was the other way around, yeah, something to think about there. Well, anyhow, if you've ever had a conversation like this with your supervisor, it may feel a little weird, sometimes a little awkward. But no worries, there are plenty of ways that we can make this a huge positive. So let's go ahead and get into it. Hi, everyone. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the, the Gov Geeks. Geeks. Thanks so much for joining us. We get together live every Thursday here to talk a little bit more about getting in and getting ahead in government. This is our fantastic show, Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. So, Karen, we're talking about other duties as assigned. What comes to your mind when you hear something like that? Anything. <laughs> I mean, it could be running a report regularly. It could be going to a conference or going to volunteer at something or being voluntold. Either way. Basically, anything that the organization wants you to do, uh, even if that's not necessarily within the scope of your job description, right? Right. So today we're talking a little bit about how to manage something like that and even to use it as a total positive to manage everything. What's your overall thought on that concept of being able to use other duties as assigned as a career benefit? I think it's great. I think you can definitely use it to your advantage and see it as an opportunity. See it as an opportunity. Really. Gain, uh, gain new skills, meet other people, all of the above. Yeah. And plus get some great experiences to potentially even get another job after that one as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. So let's go ahead and talk about all of this stuff just a little bit more. We have a couple of strategies that we'd like to share with you. So what's the first one? So the first one is to grow your skill set. Right. So if you're doing other duties as assigned, you have the chance to do different type of work. So that means that you're growing your skill set. Right. Right. Yeah. Potentially. So, potentially. <laughs> you know, I've always loved the idea that if you're doing more things, then you have more to really write about in your resume, more accomplishments to talk through, and you're also growing your capabilities to do all of that work. So if along the way you have a very set type of work that you're doing, and that's all you're doing, and you never have a chance to grow outside of that, well, that kind of sounds like it would be a little dull and boring. Plus, it would be even harder for you to get out and get another job if all you had is that experience doing that one thing, right? Right. And as we all know, everything is not as it is on paper. So right. there's always different things that come up. So it's just a matter of what you do with those types of opportunities. What do you do with the experiences that you have, the opportunities that come up? Um, what's one of the best ways that you've seen a person use other duties as assigned in order to really benefit their career? 
I think one of the ones that I've seen is essentially was given a task that was not given much guidance mm. on, and they took the initiative to learn Excel and became an expert at it right. and was able to move up from there. <laughs> that is so brilliant. You know, that reminds me of an experience that we had in a position where we were actually working together a while ago. Uh, and I had to do a lot more contract management stuff. And at the time it was other duties as assigned, but I took it on as an opportunity and that opened up a lot of doors because I didn't realize it, but a lot of organizations were hiring people to do that type of work. So once I understood that, it was like, yeah, okay, you know, maybe I will grow my skill sets a little bit, develop some competencies around this and uh, see what other jobs are out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what's the second strategy? So the second one is show you're ready for the next level. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you can only do a certain amount of things, then you're going to be great at that certain amount of work activities. But if the next layer up or the next level up in your organization is for you to do more things and understand how to do more stuff, well, you have to demonstrate that you have the capabilities and the skill set to actually do all of that. So yeah, show them that you're ready for the promotion. You know, I find it interesting because sometimes as we're dealing with clients and, and doing a lot, of, a lot of our live shows, we have questions that come up uh, every now and again about an individual feeling that they're qualified, but they just can't get ahead. You know, they continue to apply. They continue to wait for whatever the promotion it's supposed to come their way. And unfortunately, it never comes because they can't demonstrate that they are capable of doing that work at that next level. It can, it can be a little frustrating sometimes, right? Uh, I know you've seen a lot of people really get ahead in their career. How have they been able to use this as a way to really help them get that next job? I think it's showing the initiative and not frowning so much at these other duties as assigned. Whereas if the first thing is where you say, it's not part of my job description. Like, first of all, it's it's definitely not something you want to say to the boss, but even if it wasn't a part of your job description, but most job descriptions do have that caveat. So by saying that, then it doesn't look good on you and it could potentially go to another individual. Mm -hmm. So I think by showing that initiative and being that, quote unquote, team player, that it works out in the long run. It may not be something that you had intended to do, but it could open up whether it's through a new skill set or meeting new people or even getting a change of pace from your regular day to day. I mean, it's something that can be worthwhile. So I think it's somebody who can step up to that challenge. And I think throughout the last year, I've kind of heard that phrase over and over as far as a lot of people had to step up with things going on and it's those people who did step up that kind of rise above the rest that makes sense and then later on when it's time to review individuals for promotional opportunities or for uh, new assignments details all that sort of stuff those are the types of characteristics that when a different hiring manager or a manager of a detail uh, sees those sorts of things 
and their supervisors and others recommend them because of that ability to show initiative. Yeah, that's a quality and a trait that, that people are looking for. I mean, thinking about it from the hiring manager's perspective, if they are trying to find the right person to do the work and they are seeing that they have an available candidate that is interested in doing the work, has the experience, but also is able to get along well and, and work well in those types of environments, well, why wouldn't they want to choose that, that candidate? Mm -hmm. So it makes sense from a professional development perspective to be the person that does that. So then a hiring manager would have good reason to think that you'd be a good person to assume a new role or to, you know, get that promotion or to do that other type of work. You know, the other thing I love about the initiative concept is it allows the person to experience things that they wouldn't otherwise. So maybe on the first at first glance, they would think, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be for me. But then after they try it for a little while, maybe it's like, yeah, you know, I actually do enjoy this. Yeah. Are there more opportunities to do this? Right. You never know what you can unleash. You never know. Yeah. Being open, having that initiative. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Open, open minded and just open to opportunities because you just you just never know where it's going to take you. Exactly. And that's kind of what's cool about our, our career and our lives. As long as we're willing to find out and explore more things that we care about, and we take advantages of the opportunities that are made available to us, then yeah, yeah, there's lots of growth opportunities. Right. And who would you want to work with, right? Would you want to work with somebody who, you know, when they're asked to help out with something, they shrug and, you know, it's not important to them because it's not a part of their, you know, plan. Right. Or do you want somebody who will, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll help out with that. And, you know, I would rather work with the person who, who does that. I mean, it, it makes sense when you kind of pause and think about it for a little bit. So what started off as like other duties as assigned, you know, I don't know if I want to do that now becomes something that is a source of opportunity and growth. That, that sounds great. Okay. So those are two great strategies in managing those. Uh, what's the next one? So the next one is to manage your work streams, which is, is an important one Yeah. because I know I've become victim to volunteering for too many things and- Right, I can do it all. <laughs> yeah, so you have to manage your work streams and prioritize. Sure, absolutely, and prioritize. So as part of the conversation, say you're working with your supervisor and this other duties as assigned uh, requirement comes up, then it's a little easier to kind of have a bit of a negotiation to say, I'd like to be able to work on that, but I know I have this other project that I have this timeline to give you. This may cause a little bit of a competing priority. Uh, can I get an extension on the other project uh, in order to, to do this one to make sure that that gets done to the standards that are needed? Oh, such political savvy. <laughs> little things like that are, are, are great because it helps still get the deliverables and everything done and it manages the needs and requirements of the supervisor and, and that, the expectations and their expectations as well. Plus then they feel comfortable knowing, okay, Karen really is managing her, her work products. She knows what's going on. Uh, I feel comfortable saying yes to something that she knows a timeline and a management plan rather than absolutely. I can get all of those things done by uh, three o'clock today. How's that good for you? Right. I think that's one of the most crucial pieces of information that you need is what is the priority for your boss or for whoever is asking you so that you can then use that to prioritize your own work? Exactly. 
And if you're a second level manager and you come back to your team, then you're able to say, okay, guys, here's the next project that we're working on. This is a priority from the division director, the this organizational head, et cetera. We can go ahead and take a pause on these things and start working on these other things by this timeline. So then we could you know, be able to move things forward a little bit. Uh, so you're you're kind of managing everyone else's expectations uh, as well along the way. And, you know, another thing that I think is fantastic is that it's a great way to kind of provide additional growth opportunities uh, for others. So say, for instance, your supervisor comes and tells you other duties is assigned sort of deal. Uh, then you can use that as an opportunity to say, you know, I've been working with this other person well enough. And honestly, they've just, they've shown a lot of great uh, character in doing this or a lot of great competencies. Is it all right if I ask to, to work with them to help me out with this project? Or do you think this other person would be good with that project so that I can take this on for you as well? So you're demonstrating their other competencies and accomplishments and you're really sharing kudos and giving the other person the opportunity to perhaps do the things that they like to do. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're kind of sharing the growth opportunity for, for everyone else as well rather than the person kind of sitting there going, yeah, I show up every day at the same time sitting at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so any other ideas on, you know, how to manage work streams? Like what, what are some strategies that you use? Well, it's first making sure that you're having that conversation with your supervisor to have those expectations understood and what, prioritizing needs to take place because there might be something that you'll have to put on the back burner in order to get this done. Mm -hmm. Or what resources do you need to get it done if it's a huge priority? So it's just a matter of working through all of those pieces. And as far as prioritization, it's just really almost on a day-to-day -day basis walking in, okay, what am I planning to get done? Realizing that you will probably have to shift a majority of your um, items on your to-do list mm -hmm. uh, to focus on some other things. So I think it's just a matter of going in with the expectation of how to be flexible and adapt. Absolutely. Being able to adapt and, and government, especially there's so many requirements and uh, individuals that are doing different jobs, essentially wearing different hats to do all the different uh, types of work that's needed. And if you can, again, demonstrate that, yeah, it's good. Um, plus, also, I think it really builds a good set of character qualifications for a person. So when you assume that higher level position, then you know what it's like to get, you know, news from on high, have to change things around, be flexible. Uh, you know, you're really demonstrating a lot of the soft skills that are necessary for a leadership position. So, yeah, managing your work streams is a great way to demonstrate that you have the capabilities to do that next level work as well. Right. And I have a wide array of hats. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you are quite fashionable too, Karen. So all of the hats look great. Uh, okay. So what's the last one? So the last one is to delegate and collaborate. Delegate and collaborate. Delegate and collaborate can sometimes be difficult, but I would say delegating can sometimes be difficult, at least for me. Right. So if an opportunity comes up, which I'm going to call them opportunities, the other duties as assigned, if an opportunity comes up and you need to work on that, what off of your to-do list can you delegate to somebody else on your team? Right. Uh, and that, again, is great for them because you're giving them that developmental opportunity as well. 
And the delegation also doesn't necessarily need to be someone directly within your team or your chain of command, but this could be a great way to kind of work and collaborate with, with others. So if you happen to know that perhaps there's another person that has an interest in that area, you can present it to them as really what it is, an opportunity. You know, hey, I know you're interested in this stuff. You've been trying to move this project along. Uh, I have this opportunity. I'm working with the boss on XYZ thing. Would you like to be a part of that? Or, hey, I'd like to work with you. I know you got a lot of expertise in this. I don't know what your plate looks like right now, but this sounds like something that you'd be interested in. Do you want to partner on this or perhaps work on uh, collaborating towards a, an end product or solution? Uh, think, things like that, where you're kind of being outgoing, having that opportunity that's there as well. Um, you know, one of the other things that I love about delegation and collaboration is if you are doing something perhaps that is delegated to you that your supervisor should be doing. That's like that supervisor level, uh, but you're not necessarily getting paid at that supervisor level, or you don't have that title. What you are doing is building those skill sets, then adding those to your resume. So then later on, when a person asks, do you have experience doing X, Y, Z? Oh, absolutely. I was doing all of these things and you should demonstrate the impact and the relevance of the work that you're doing and everything. So if you are not getting paid for that type of work in your current job, you can get paid for it later on when you get that uh, next big job or next big jump mm -hmm. <laughs> in salary, which is always a great thing. Yeah. And, you know, these are the things that uh, I think when you put the pieces together, you establish a bridge to get from where you are to where you want to go, as opposed to looking at a job announcement and thinking, yeah, maybe I think I can do this. Rather, you want to demonstrate that you have the abilities to do it and the experiences to do it as well. This, this is how it's done. Yeah, it's just kind of this like mindset. Um, Karen, what has been in your mind, like one of the biggest limitations as to how and why a person would choose not to do something like this just to just to give the other perspective what why should they say no to other uh, opportunities that are coming up i mean there there are many which are definitely understandable some people are in different parts of their career some might be going to school still as well mm. have child care have other you know reasons that maybe this other duty as assigned could bleed into extra hours outside of their normal hours and you know that could cause an issue if you have to get home to pick up the children or things like that so it's just there could be plenty of things which it just is not a good time which that's where you have that honest conversation where mm. i would love to help you out with this but i can't be staying later than four o'clock because i have childcare that I have to tend to. So it just wouldn't be a good fit. And I want to make sure that if you entrusted that to me, I would do a good job and I don't want to set um, myself up for failure. Right. When that, that's very good. And you know, actually that I, I think, I think that should be a bonus strategy as well. Just setting your boundaries when it comes to managing other duties as assigned, because you just demonstrated a great way where a person would say, frankly, and honestly with their supervisor or whomever they're working with, look, these are the boundaries that I have. I have to leave by this certain time because of this reason. I would like to be able to do this for you, but here are my challenges. And then you can provide a proposed solution. So if you're dealing with a certain type of um, 
material or information. Perhaps you can work with another person that could gather the data for you, and then you can do the analysis later on rather than you being that, that first person to do that piece. Or perhaps there's other tools or equipment uh, that you can take in order to, to manage something, or you can have more flexibility. Uh, say, for instance, you know, I have to be home by this certain period of time. Uh, if you allowed me to telework that day, uh, I wouldn't have to leave early and I can focus on all of these things during this time. Would that be a reasonable solution for you? Uh, you know, there, there's different ways to kind of compensate potential issues or concerns and yet still be able to achieve what the end goal is for that everyone's looking for. Yeah, look at you being very politically savvy. <laughs> That's good. Um, all right, so today we've been talking about other duties as assigned and trying to balance out how can we really see these as opportunities. Technically, we gave five great strategies today, uh, but what are the four that we initially started out with? So the four are grow your skill set, mm -hmm. show you're ready for the next level, mm -hmm. manage your work streams. And finally, delegate and collaborate. Delegate and collaborate. That almost sounds like it could be like a, a lyric in a, in a song or something. Collaborate delegate. and listen. That's probably <laughs> why it's coming to my mind. <laughs> yeah. And then the last, the, the bonus one is just really managing your, your boundaries uh, and your expectations of assignments and all that. So that's, that's totally a good bonus one. It's almost like the bonus round. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think really the, the biggest word that you said today, uh, Karen, is initiative. Just really, how do you see this as an opportunity? How do you manage this using some initiative to really demonstrate that you are ready for a promotion, the next job, or how do you use this as a way to kind of allow yourself to uh, get that next position after this, to really continue to get paid what you're, what you're worth? You know, um, I, I always think about classic cars, for instance. Uh, there are certain costs when they come out, but if they're properly managed and maintained later on in life, they can be worth even more than when you first had purchased them. And I think the same thing is true for us as individuals, because as we continue to go through our work life and we're developing new skills and experiences, well, why shouldn't our value appreciate as well? The, the more we invest in ourselves and we establish our competencies, the easier it could be for us to earn uh, that additional amount of funds as well. Yeah, definitely. And you said it right there, invest in yourself. Yeah. Know your value. Know Peggy your value. Carter, yes. Peggy Carter would say. We love Peggy Carter. She is just the coolest. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So now here's part of the show where we uh, talk a little bit about questions and answers from the GovGeekdom, our GovGeek community. Uh, but please feel free to come out to thegovgeeks.com, uh, submit any questions that you might have there, uh, send us an email, info at thegovgeeks.com, or hit us up on social media as well. Uh, we like to gather as many questions uh, that people have and answer them here for everyone's uh, benefit and well-being here on the show as well. Um, so, Karen, the next couple of questions that we have came from one of our most recent uh, activities that we did. We had an, an event that we hosted here recently uh, to help individuals learn the three great steps in order to transition to a fantastic job in government. Uh, so here's some of the questions. What's the what's the first? Which, one? Thank you for giving me credit, but I wasn't there. Ah. So. <laughs> Well, you were very helpful in uh, designing and creating how we were going to provide that and what topics we would talk about and everything. So you're, you're very influential in that regard. 
Uh, so what's the first one? So the first one is how do I build a trusting team? Oh, that's a big question. Trusting team. Yeah. yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Well, immediately what comes to mind is to be authentic. Hmm. That, I mean, it's very difficult to trust somebody who's not authentic or um, <laughs> I'm going to reference um, um, RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul one time said, um, there are two things I hate about you, your face. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest thing because, you know. Well, if you face. don't trust a person because they are being two-faced, I mean, then really, how can you build a good working relationship with them? I mean, there, there's certainly something there. And besides, RuPaul just has so many great pieces of career advice as well. Yeah. I mean, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to be able to love others? There's all sorts of great things from RuPaul. But in terms of building trusting teams, one of the things that I love and I appreciate is this idea of like a banking methodology. I mean, if you're going to get credit uh, with a banking institution, you are developing a relationship with them. So it starts off with a little bit of credit. You demonstrate that you can manage it as well. And then you get more credit. It's the same thing with the trusting relationship. So as a leader, you can begin by allowing enough trust in your team in the individuals, work with them, support them, uh, trust in what they're doing. And then after they feel comfortable, the trust is reciprocated. And basically at that point, it is deposits that are being made from one person to the next person, just kind of like back and forth like that. And that's overall how you build a very strong trusting relationship in your team. Yeah. And what is that saying where it's so quick to lose trust, but so yeah, difficult to gain it back? So just be authentic. Don't, don't try to be somebody else. Don't say one thing to one person and another thing to another. It just, just be honest. Right. Be that you. <laughs> All right. What's the second question? So the second one is how do I format strong interview responses? Oh, that's such a great question. Uh, so we had this come up in a coaching session not too long ago. And basically the thing is to create a key uh, buzzword or like a, an ad, if you will, something that's very memorable, very direct, and then give a good example that demonstrates how that connects. And then lastly, and most importantly, how is it that that connects with the organization that is doing the hiring? Why is that important to them? What's something that they could take away from that? Uh, so it can be a very soft skill question or a very technical question, but as long as you're able to create a good, like a bumper sticker, if you will, give a strong example of how that's true and then make it relevant for the people that are asking the question. I think that those really And use help. the smart format. Sure. Or, or the star. Uh, the smart star. The format. smart star. Yes. Situation, <laughs> task, action, and results. Yes. Be smart about it. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you so much for spending another half hour, half hour here with the Gov Geeks. We really appreciate your service and your dedication. Uh, this has been Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. Karen, what are your closing thoughts on other duties as assigned? Despite the many, many hats that you will have to wear and many roles that you will have to play throughout your career, make sure that it's still you underneath those hats or in all those pairs of shoes, whatever analogy you want to use. Just 
Be yourself and be the leader that you truly are inside. That's beautiful. Thank you all so much for your service and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.